Well, good morning and welcome to the firehouse. Thanks for joining us here this morning. I'm going to go ahead and pray and we're going to jump into um, part two or the second installment, I think Greg put it in the siren, of our series, What Have You Been Reading? So let's go ahead and pray, ask that God would meet us here and bless our time together. Well, Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you for the chance to worship you and be reminded of, of your amazing grace, your love for us, Lord, and, uh, and just show you our love for you as we sing. And Lord, I pray that as we look at a few verses here together, they might even be familiar verses, Lord, I pray that you would uh, challenge us with them, encourage us with them, prod us as needed, um, comfort us, whatever the need might be in each one of our lives. Lord, I pray that you would meet us this morning, make your word come alive to us, uh, impact our thinking and our, our heart and our will, our choices, Lord. And we just look to you to bless. I pray that because we've met together with you this morning, we would walk closer with you um, when we walk out these doors and just in our lives in general. And we ask you for all this grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Well, um, again, good morning. Thanks for joining us. We are going to take a look at part two of What Have You Been Reading? Um, it's a series that we've started just that talks about things related to uh, just getting in the Word and, and how to apply it to our lives. And I think each week there'll be some thoughts on the value of God's Word in our lives, and then we'll have different guys share on examples of that. Um, this morning, I'm going to share some things on how to make the most of God's Word and why we would even be reading it. And Drew's also going to come up and just share kind of a, a story from his life, an application of uh, just reading the Bible this past week in his world. Next week, I think we're going to have Tim Cavanaugh share. Um, and the following week, I think Greg is on again. He might have someone uh, also help, you know, uh, just illustrate some things uh, that week as well. I think Dennis Clark might be on the following week. So uh, just, uh, I think, a fun series, hopefully an encouraging series. Um, and yet, hopefully, it, it helps each one of us in our walks, our, our relationship with God here. So um, anyways, before we get started, I thought I'd show you a couple pictures of, of my world. Some of you know um, uh, my life has been in transition, at least housing-wise, and we, we've moved from uh, kind of the, oh, the Highlands neighborhood down to the south side of town here in the Franktown neighborhood, Parker. Um, so we've been in transition. I have a few pictures just to show you what that transition is like. Um, oops, there we go. This transition here is, uh, this is a picture of uh, our living room right now. Uh, no, just joking. This is our garage. Um, this week I, I had a, a milestone. If you can tell off in the right side of this pile of stuff, there's a desk. I set up a desk this week and there's a chair. And uh, some of the thoughts from this message came from that very location right there. Um, behind that spot, oops, oops, that's a, let's go back this way. This one here, this is, so this is what is behind my chair. On the other side of the pile is even bigger piles. So um, it's kind of a, a work hazard situation right now. Try not to send OSHA my way when I'm working from home. Um, got that. This is another... Uh, this is another joy of country living, if you will. This is a spider, and I don't know if this uh, looks as big as it did in person, but that, that little box right there is actually a, oh, it's about a, a foot-wide video camera thing. And uh, I'm just joking. That's my garage door clicker thing. But uh, anyways, that was a big spider, and uh, someone splatted that for us. Was that Drew? Drew, yeah, he's not afraid of spiders. He was helping us last Sunday when we were moving things down. This, he showed up in our garage, and, and now the picture looks a little different. There's the remains on the concrete there, I think, still. But uh, that's a country spider. Things are a little bigger there. Um, what else do we have? This is a picture of, uh, you know, we're doing some remodeling. The, uh, the family that lived there before we got there had dogs, and the dogs were really a part of the family, and, and they got to do what they wanted to do wherever they wanted to do it. And, and so we're replacing the floors and the carpets as we go, um, and this wall here as well. If you notice off to the right side, this, this is our living room, really, and it opens up into a sunroom. Off on the right side under the plastic, that is our bed. It's... Uh, We've been living, uh, you know, our bedroom has been in the living room for a while. We call it the open concept master suite. So um, that, that 
those plastic coverings are keeping lots of dust and debris and you know bugs off our beds. So that's kind of comes in handy. Uh, what else do we have here? This is the the kids' living quarters currently. Uh, this was them this morning while they were sleeping. Uh, I snapped a photo of them, but uh, they. You know, we knew it'd be a transition. We knew we'd be kind of camping, if you will. So while we transitioned, we bought, um, you know, five cots from Walmart, five Walmart specials. And those cots have been real handy here. This is all of them in cots. And they're, um, it, it, sleeping in cots is an amazing concept. What I didn't realize with younger kids is pretty much every night, it, it, without fail so far, somebody falls out of the cot. The cot flips, somebody falls out. Each night it's a different person, and some of them are heavier than other ones. Uh, this morning it was just Garrison, so I could pick him up and put him back on. But some of the other ones are uh, some heavy sacks of potatoes, if you will. To, but so that's, that's our, our one of the kids' rooms right now. Let's see what else we have here. Um, oh, yeah. Well, that's just, you know, I thought I'd just give you a snapshot of what... Uh, What's been going on there? We're, you know, by God's grace, we're moving along. We, we foresaw that there would be some transitions. We're still living out of suitcases. Uh, next weekend, we'll make two months of life out of suitcases. And so if you recognize these clothes, um, that's probably why. So um, they have been washed once or twice in the last two months, but uh, no, they are fairly clean. Anyways, it's, it's been, a, been a wild ride. There's a, a few trials, and we're excited to set up shop. We look forward to having a housewarming party at some point and, and getting everyone out there. Um, though, though next weekend, the, the McCoys are doing the, we're partying at the McCoys place, but hopefully sometime here down the road, we'll get to have people down our way as well. But uh, anyways, just a slice of life. Please pray for us. Um, I'll share some other trials related to, to this as well here, but um, we're, we're excited uh, to be getting our feet on the ground there to help pioneer things from the south side of town. Um, but there's a lot that comes with that. So anyways, here we are, back to the series. What have you been reading? And, I, you know, when Greg started this off last week... Uh, uh, I'm not sure exactly how we set the table. In, in some ways, um, I wanted to maybe re- revisit a few things here. The series is called What Have You Been Reading? And, um, you know, I guess my hope would be that I could call on someone right now. I point a finger at you and you tell me, no, here's what I've been reading. Here's what um, God's been calling me to obey. Here's how I've responded to that. And so I'm going to quickly, um, no, we're not going to do that here. That's, some guys have been prompted. Drew will share a little on that. But I think what have you been reading, it it kind of has a few assumptions built into that. And uh, one of the assumptions is if you drop the first word of what have you been reading, the the other question is, is probably a prerequisite. Have you been reading lately? Have you been reading your Bible? Um, And I'd, I'd like to throw that out to you. Some of what we're going to look at this morning might not be new to a number of you. It might be old hat. You might be familiar. But I'd like to ask you a question. Each of you in your own world here, maybe you're new to the church, maybe you've been a Christian forever, you've been a part of the church forever, it's only been around 11 years, so you can't do that, but um, how how often have you been reading? Uh, Have you been reading this week? Say, if if there's seven days in a week, which there are, uh, how many out of seven days of a week have you been reading your Bible? Each one of you can have your own question on that, Um, we'll do a show of hands, uh, uh, how many have, we're not going to do that, there's a looks of terror come over people's faces. Um, but I'd like you to, you know, are you, are you reading your Bible once or twice a week? Are you reading it three or four times? Five or six? Are you reading your Bible daily? Um, really this uh, is, is for each one of us to assess where we're at, how meaningful our relationship with God's going related to his word, and then, and then make adjustments as we can. But have you been reading your Bible? Um, we're going to look at a few reasons why, you know. Um, why would anyone read their Bible? Why would they read it daily? What are the benefits? And we're gonna, I'm going to fly through a bunch of these benefits here on why anyone should read their Bible, much less daily and even look to apply it. Uh, and then we're going to talk about how, and then Drew's going to come up and share an example of how. But, uh, but anyways, I'm going to fly through a bunch of verses here. Your, your notes page, your handout page today is, uh, your, your notes are, they have the potential to be really awesome or, or not at all. It all depends on what, what you write down in those blanks there. So you have the chance to make this really awesome for, for your notes there. Um, anyways, um, few things why 
Why read the Bible? Why apply it daily? One, to grow spiritually. And I'm going to fly through some of these. Some of these I'll mention the verse off to the side. Some of them I won't. To grow, to mature spiritually. To be blessed. These verses in James, we're going to look at them. But James talks about doing it. And it goes on to say, you do these things that you read so that you'll be blessed. John 13, 17, Jesus said, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed when you do them. And so um, there's a blessing in, in reading and doing what you read. Uh, this place Jesus talks about, uh, there's going to be storms in your life. And when you're reading the Bible, hearing it and putting it into practice, you'll be able to weather the storms of life that are coming. It's very clear from that passage. Um, you can get guidance and direction for your life. Any of you looking for guidance on any major decisions or life plans? But this, this verse says, um, your word is a lamp to my feet. What's the next step I'm going to take? And it's a light for the path. Where am I going down the road? I don't know if any of you are looking for help and answers on that. Um, God's word can help us overcome temptation and sin. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Um, oh, that should be, uh, I think that's right, 11, yeah. And then 1 Corinthians, a promise about um, when you have temptation, God can give you everything you need to overcome temptation. God's word comforts us. Uh, this 119 verse 50 is that one. Um, it helps us to have success in life. A couple of verses on that. Joshua 1a just talks about the person who meditates on the law of the Lord, that they will be prosperous and successful. Psalm 1 just talks about, again, a person who meditates on God's word, that uh, they, they have strength, they bear fruit. Um, some promises there. It helps us have set success. It gives us wisdom, God's wisdom. A few verses on that. Um, I love 1 Thessalonians 2.13. It's one we'll, you'll see maybe referred to a few times here. But 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says this. And we thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it. Not as human word, but as it actually is. The word of God, which is at work in you who believe. You know, these are God's thoughts. They give us wisdom, God's wisdom. Um, it helps us have God's favor and blessing in our lives. You know, I love this verse here about Ezra. Uh, Ezra 7.10. It's a classic verse on, on God's word. But um, it says this. Um, it says, For the gracious hand of his God was on him. That's the end of verse 9. Then it goes on to say, This was because Ezra had determined to study and obey the law of the Lord and to teach those decrees and regulations to the people of Israel. God's gracious hand was upon him. Would you like God's gracious hand upon your life? It says this was because he had determined, he set his heart to study and to obey and then to teach the law of the Lord. I mean, it helps keep us humble. I love this passage here in Leviticus 17. It says every time there was a king uh, of the Israelites that he would be given a copy of God's word and he was supposed to read it daily. So that he did not look down upon the others in his kingdom. When you read God's word, it keeps you from looking down on others, from getting puffed up about yourselves. keeps us humble. It brings us joy. I love this verse, Jeremiah 15, 16. It says, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. There's a way to have joy from God's word. It can be the delight of your heart. Um, I love this one. It brings passion to our hearts and our lives. Jeremiah 20. 329 talks about, um, this is one of the firehouse verses, uh, it just talks about, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that shatters a rock. But you want fire in your heart? Has your relationship with God been lacking some fire? I encourage you to, to get God's word there and be thinking on it and applying it. Other reasons, we're just flying through these here. It fuels, uh, oh, that's the same point, and rephrased. It strengthens our faith. You know, it says that faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of Christ. There's a way to strengthen your faith through God's word. It gives us confidence. I like this verse here that just talks about um, the confidence. It says, we must always, uh, that's, here we go. Uh, first, Second Peter one nineteen. In the New Living, it just says, Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns. The 
And Christ, the morning star, shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came about from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. You know, these words that we have recorded came through men of God, prophets of God, about things that are and things that have been and things that will be. And we can have a confidence about how life is going to play out. Um, it renews and transformed us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It helps us to know God's will. I love the second part of that verse is that then you, you'll be able to know when your mind is renewed with God's word, you'll be able to know what God's will is. And if you want to know what God's will is about a situation or something in your life, it accomplishes God's purpose. This verse says that God's word goes out And every time it goes out, it accomplishes its purpose. Whether you realize it or not, God sends his word out for a purpose. Ephesians says it washes, it cleans us. Another one says, uh, I love this one in Thessalonians here. We, We already looked at it, but it just says it's the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. When you read God's word and you have it in your heart, um, it works on you. It works in you. Couple other ones here. We'll just fly through this here. You know, another thing about God's word is that when when you read it and you live by it, you apply it, it proves that you're a disciple of Jesus. Jesus said that his true disciples would continue, would keep, would live by his word. Are you living by his word? It can help us to know God better. Again, it's it's God breathed, it's the word of God. You can know God better by understanding things he's revealed about himself and how to live for him. It can keep us from being deceived. Again, we'll, we'll read this verse here. This is a classic one on uh, obeying and applying God's word. But it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently in the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. We have to be careful about uh, reading God's word. Not reading God's word is a problem in and of itself, but reading it and not applying it to our lives, there's a danger there of deception. Uh, It reminded me of a few cartoons on the subject. Some of you might have seen some of these. There's this guy. Raggedy old guy walking along there. He's got some problems. He looks into this mirror, this warped mirror, and he looks pretty good to himself. You know, when we are Christians who, you know, many would say our our culture has more Bible knowledge than any other culture that's ever walked on this planet. When we listen to things on the radio, when we have easy access to good teaching everywhere, and yet... Being spoon-fed, we don't apply it to our lives. We can be like this. We can look in a mirror and think we're doing pretty good, think we're some sort of super Christian. But the reality, God's perspective is, would be different. And we have to watch out for that. There's a very real danger, especially if you've been a Christian for a long time. You can know a lot. You can have a lot uh, in your head. Uh, and, and that can cause a warped view of the reality of our, our lives. And so we have to watch out for that. Another one, you've probably seen this one before as well. Um, I, it has the cartoon stock advertisement on it, but a guy looking in the mirror and, you know, there's what he looks like and there's what he sees. Very different. A woman looking in the mirror and, and there's what she looks like, there's what she sees. And that has to do with gender differences and views of ourselves. But again, it, it's uh, having a, a misperception about ourselves. And, and we have to watch out for that because we know a lot of the Bible and many of us have years of reading the Bible, Bible knowledge, and yet there's very real danger in being deceived about ourselves when we don't apply it. Um, you know, again, God's word, the last one I'm going to hit on here is, is that it fuels our relationship with God. Oh, well, there's two of them kind of related. Fuels our relationship with God and God's word, one, one reason to read it daily and apply it is because it speaks to us. God speaks to us through his word. Just a, um, I love this quote. This was a, one I saw at the pastor's conference we went to recently. It's from A.W. Tozer. But he says, God is not silent. It is the nature of God to speak. The second person of the Holy Trinity is called the word. God, somehow he referred to himself as the word and... Um, 
in this, let's see, we'll look at a couple of verses on this. This passage here is one that I really think speaks to that. When God revealed his son to us, as recorded by the Apostle John, he said this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he goes on to say, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Somehow, Jesus Christ is referred to as, as the Word. And, and we know that he was the living Word. The Word lived out. And um, I, I think we've got to catch the importance of, of God's Word and our relationship with God. It's a quote uh, I heard many years ago that marked me. Um, uh, probably one of the first little retreats I ever went to as a Christian, I would say. What was that? Uh, 18, 19 years ago. But I just remember the guy who was speaking just said said this, and it's marked me ever since. It caused me to think about it. But the closeness of your relationship with God will be directly related to your closeness to God's Word. Have you been in God's Word? Have you been applying it to your life, applying it to your relationship? It's not about what you know of God's Word. It's about how you're applying it to your life and and your relationship with God. And um, again, I think we just probably can't hear that enough. But... um, so the last part we look at, so how can we read and apply the Bible daily? There's, there's some reasons why. There's a list, there's just a few reasons. It's not a complete list, but a lot of good ones. Um, how can we apply it, read it, and apply it to our life daily? Um, and I just want to draw, sometimes uh, I feel like as a church, maybe we have this challenge. If we've had prayer meetings and we have people sharing verses that they've read, sometimes what it turns into is cool thoughts. I have this cool thought. I read this verse and people go, oh, that's cool. Or, oh, that's profound. Um, Cool thought about that verse. But the point of reading the Bible is not just to get cool thoughts that we can ooh and awe our friends and we can wow the people at the prayer meeting or people in our small group. The point of God's word is to change our lives. And um, D.L. Moody put it like this, the Bible was not given to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives. And I know I'm prone towards reading the Bible and going, oh, there's this thought there, and I got a thought, and I'm on my way for the day, because I got a thought, something I could tell someone else about. But I do think God wants me and each one of us to to go from, here's this thought, to, to here's this way it applies to my life today. What I read today applies to my life today. I'm not living on thoughts from the past. Boy, I remember in the college days, I had these cool thoughts, and those are the thoughts I still share today. Because I'm not getting fresh relationship with God through his word. We, we want to make sure we're um, going for more than cool thoughts. You know, just to, uh, before we get into this final part here, some applications of it. Uh, I love this verse, Hebrews 4.12. I'll just read it here again, uh, or read it maybe for the first time. But it says, For the word of God is living and active, Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the, judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's word is living and active. Um, that means it's alive today. It can speak into your life today. Uh, it's active. It's, it, it, it's wanting to affect us. And I, I've thought of it sometimes like... Um, Kind of like nuclear nuclear material, like uranium. Anyone uh, play around with any uranium-236 lately? Um, no, me neither. I, I think that's a, a real number. I'm not for sure. But, uh, you know, I was reading on, on uh, uranium and, and nuclear reactors a while back. And, um, you know, I, I think of God's Word. It's active. It, it's, there's something to it that you, you, if you get around it, it's going to irradiate you, is that a word, radiate you, something like that, it's going to affect you if you're exposed to nuclear material. But um, when you take, really I think when we go from the thought and here's something that could have some real potential, you know, you take some plutonium, things that are enriched and can be used for nuclear bombs and stuff, but unless it's put in the right conditions, it, it has a lot of potential but nothing's happening officially because of that. And same is true with God's word. When, when you read God's word and you, you're exposed to it, there's a lot of potential beyond nuclear energy that could happen there. But unless something more comes from it, there, there's nothing's going to harness that. And, and really, I would suggest that the, the way we go from reading to 
harnessing the, the energy, the things, the power that God wants to bring to our lives. Is, it's when you meditate. It's when you um, look at a verse and you think about it. How does this verse apply to my life? Besides just the, ooh, that's a cool thought. Ooh, that's a deep thought. Wow, he must be a deep thinker. Um, how can I apply this to my life? Because that's where things are going to begin to happen. And, and then when you meditate, that the Psalm 39.3 here, I love this one. It just talks about... Um, just the power of meditating. Um, let's see where I wrote that one down. It says, "My heart grew hot within me, and as I and while I meditated, the fire burned, and then I spoke with my tongue." But the idea is, if you're thinking on God's word and it's in you, there there'll be a fire, a power, and then you can take action that is a powerful action, life changing action, and. Uh, a number of verses talk about meditating, and, and then you get an application out of the deal. And then the last part is, um, uh, then you take action. Whatever you come away with, you thought about it, you prayed about it. God, how do you want me to apply this in my life today? And then you go and do it. And again, with nuclear material, you can take uranium, and, and if you just have uranium sitting around, it just kind of sits around. But if you take it, and, and they connect these uranium pellets together and you stick them in a rod. I uh, think about something like a nuclear-powered submarine. Um, they take these uranium or something like that, that that are enriched, and when you take a rod of that and you put it in uh, with some other chemicals, it begins to have a, this reaction that unleashes the power in there. And then they take that in a submarine or nuclear reactors. You take that and then you heat up some like water or something and it... it it does kind of the combustion, you know, like a steam engine. It's very funny. You have this nuclear high-powered stuff, but the reality is what it does is it, it heats something up. It creates uh, power that drives a turbine, and, and then you have electricity and, and things that come out of that. It's, but, um, but until they, you place the rods and those chemicals that have the reaction... Nothing happens. There's nothing harnessed from it at all. And the same is true when you and I read God's word. If we don't think on it and figure out how to apply it, nothing happens. Not only does nothing happen, we have the chance to get puffed up about ourselves and think we're super Christians with maybe super cool thoughts that we pulled from the internet or some latest podcast. Um, And we can think more highly about ourselves than we ought to. But when you think on God's word and you apply it to your life, powerful things can happen. And, And that's what... That's what it's all about, changing our lives, having fuel for our relationship with God uh, that, that rocks our lives and this world. And so um, just when it comes to meditating, we're going to give you one acronym. Maybe you've heard this acronym before. I know I've shared it before. It's a, it's a tool to help you meditate, to help you think about how to apply God's word to your life. It's, it's hopefully easy to remember. Space pets. I mean, geez, how can you not remember space pets? Um, but... I, I heard this years ago in a, just a maturity class on how to have a relationship with God, how to have quiet times, and how to apply God's word to your life. And we're just going to take a, a quick look at Space Pets here and, and then go from there. Um, space Pets is really a series of questions you can ask yourself when you read the Bible here. Um, and each one of these, you can find a verse. If anyone's kind of, if you get stuffy about the idea of Space Pets is not in the Bible anywhere, I know that. Um, but... Everything that it represents is in the Bible. I would challenge you to find a verse to prove me right. Like the Bereans search the scriptures to prove Paul's message true. Um, Here's some things to search. Um, When you read God's word, is there anything that you read that relates to sin that you might confess in your life? Something that stood out of anger or laziness or uh, lack of focus. Whatever it is, sin to confess. Is there a promise to claim from something that you just read? Is there an attitude to change? Maybe you read something that God says, here's how you should think. Here's how you should feel. And you realize, I don't think that way at all. Well, maybe there's an attitude to change. Is there a command to keep or a command to obey? Not all the Bible is full of commands, but there are some very clear commands. Things that God wants us to do. Did you just read one this morning? An example to follow. Is there some example to follow that I just read that I can, you know, hey, that's how Moses did it. How can I apply that to my life? Uh, A prayer to pray. I'll be honest with you, much of the application I come away with, if I can't find anything, I can always find something. Lord, help me to be more like that. 
Lord, help my faith to be more like his, or whatever it is. You can always convert your reading into a form of prayer if you can't find anything else. Is there an error to avoid? Have you just read something like, man, that guy totally blew it. And if you sit still and think about it long enough, you realize, I'm about to be in that same situation, and I could totally blow it like that too, but I'm going to avoid that error. I'm going to learn from his lessons. Truth to believe. Is there something you go, you know what? God says this is true. I need to believe it. The last one, something to thank God for. Have you read something? You go, I can thank God for that. Life is hard, but I can thank God for that. Um, So space bets there. These are, you know, if you think about them a little bit or write this down or, you know, put it on inside the cover of your Bible, this will help you go from whatever you've read and convert it into some application that will change your life and continue to change your life and mature your character and... um, and you can walk in the blessing of God more, more and more. Um, anyways, let's see here. So those are spaces. We're gonna, I'm going to have Drew come up here and just share maybe uh, an example of applying God's word to his life from this week. And then I'll be up to wrap up uh, right after that. Welcome Drew up here if you would. Yeah, I'll get your, get your microphone. There goes a part. I'm not sure if that was an important part or not. <laughs> All right, yeah, I just wanted to share a practical example uh, of something that I read this week as it related to, to the workplace and, and my day-to-day at work. Um, so I actually read one-year Bible here. Uh, I get it the paper version here I try to read, but I also have it sent uh, to my email every morning. So Faith Walker's Journal if, uh, if you don't have a reading plan or you want an easy way to get started, I think on our website there it's got a link. Uh, but it, it sends you the, the link to this daily reading every day. So if I miss it on, on paper, I can catch it at work. Or if I want to go back uh, during the day, I can reference that because it's in, in my email there. Uh, but this you know, example might not apply to you. I, I'm sure you guys all love your jobs and are always happy there. Uh, so if that's the case... Uh, this, this may not apply, but uh, I was reading earlier this week in, in Romans, and it was kind of talking through, you know, what does it mean to be righteous? What does it mean to be circumcised, uncircumcised, the Jew, a Gentile? But uh, this, this verse in Romans 2.22 says, And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law, rather it is a change of heart produced by God's Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God not from people. And that's a, a verse I was able to, to meditate on, and I took that with me to work and, and was thinking about it. And um, I don't know if you guys experience this, but I feel, you know, at times underappreciated at, at work or not getting the, the recognition or credit uh, that, I, that I feel like I deserve. Um, and the, that verse really applied to me, and I, I kept thinking about it of, you know, uh, a man uh, does not seek praise from people, uh, seeks praise from God if he has a heart that's, that's changed. Um, so I was, I was able to go back uh, to that verse, uh, man, it was probably 20 or 30 times where that just popped up in my head. But then on the flip side of that as well, you know, there was a couple times this week where someone said, hey, that's a, that's a really good job, that's a, a great idea, you're... We're so glad you have, have you around, and I started feeling, you know, my pride come up, um, which I've, you know, struggled with in the past of being prideful, uh, but this verse goes the other way. Yes, that's great, boss, that, that you feel that way, um, and I'm glad I'm, I'm doing good for you, but ultimately it's God uh, that has an opinion of me and that I'm seeking praise from. So, uh, for me, it was the attitude uh, and the, the space pets there of being able to be, be even-keeled, um, not, not let my emotions go up and down with, with how my day was going or how people were treating me, but realizing that God is the one uh, who I receive praise from, and, and He sees it all. And I was able to, to apply that um, here this week. So that was, that was a great example. And, uh, yeah, I think just like, like Rich said, um, I got the, the why here, uh, those two things. I think number... 72 and 73 on his list there. 
keeps us humble and, and brings us joy. Those two things I found in that, that verse here this week. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd encourage you guys to, to start reading if you haven't. And it is one thing to, to look at a verse and have a thought. Uh, but as you can see from my example, it can change your life. It can, it can make your work day better if you really uh, grab onto that verse, meditate on it. And, and let God speak truth to you throughout the day, not just in the morning or not just on Sunday mornings. So that was my thought there from the Word. Thanks, sir. All right. All right. Um, you know, I was just going to share um, from a quiet time yesterday um, just some how to apply it how I applied God's word to my life. And in some ways, uh, it helped me summarize my, my week. Just a couple verses here. Um, two verses that stood out to me. You know, um, if, you're, um, if you haven't gotten in the habit of, of reading the Bible, I encourage you to get, get a one-year Bible. This one's fallen apart. But uh, I just got this at a family bookstore. I think this was in the Colorado Mills Mall. Just picked it up. It was on clearance. This one's illustrated. So it's like, you know, the new and improved version. Um, especially if you like pictures. Um, we also have a couple left. If, if you don't have one, you know, we'd like to give these to people. I know Greg mentioned this last week, but if you haven't started the habit of reading the Bible daily to apply it to your life, uh, we'd love to give you one of these, and I think we need to order more. Uh, that's my cue for Greg or Brad. We'll order more of these so that we can give them away. But the, the effect that it would have on your life and on our church far outweighs... Uh, picking up the tab for those at all. You know, it's, uh, it's an amazing tool. And yet at the same time, you know, if you've been reading the one-year Bible for a while, there's maybe a few things to watch out for. Um, just, uh, I know this, you know, from my own world here, but uh, I've been reading the one-year Bible since I became a Christian back in 96, so almost 20 years ago I've been reading the one-year Bible. And sometimes I'll just read the Bible, the, this. Some, other times I've been studying uh, a chapter or a book of the Bible simultaneously as doing that. Um, other times it's, you know, only had time for reading a chapter of Proverbs a day. But, um, you know, you, you can get into a pattern even with good things. And, and I know for me, sometimes in the one-year Bible... Uh, if you know where you're reading, you can know when that verse is coming. Your favorite verse is coming, you know. You've been waiting for it. No good verse yesterday because, well, today is the day the verse is here, you know. Uh, one of those verses showed up for me today. Uh, I decided not to speak on it because I'll show you an example of when it's not your favorite verse. Um, but yesterday I was reading and came across this in Romans chapter 4. And it's talking about Abraham. And I'll read uh, verse 19 and then uh, 20. After that as well, just to give you context. But it said, Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Goes on to say, oh yeah, I have the verse right there. Um, uh, but Abraham never wavered in, in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and... In this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do what he promises. Um, and so that's a verse I'd read before. It's one of my favorites in Romans 4. If this is up in the one-year Bible, which it has been almost 20 times now when I've read the, read the one-year Bible, um, I, I gravitate towards it. There's my verse. Again. Again. Wow. Um, but as I was reading this, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, okay, what's the application of this to me today? I don't know. I'm not exactly, it wasn't fresh in my brain that I'm leaning on some certain promise that is against the odds. And, and you know, that I kept thinking about it. Um, later on in the same passage yesterday, it went on to say here in, in verse, um, verse 3 of chapter 5, but it, it says this. This kind of caught my attention. We can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. But, you know, I started, I underlined this other verse here about clinging to God's promises, and that was an example to follow. Abraham held on to a promise, even when it seemed highly unlikely, and it's a great example for us to follow, but... I started thinking about verse 3 here that we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. And I 
generally don't like trials or problems. I don't like to admit that I have them. It seems like a sign of weakness, like, oh, I had a trial. And if I tell them I had a trial, then they're going to think I don't have my act together. And, you know, you just run with it from there. But as I was thinking through my life this last week, and my wife and I were comparing notes, um, you know, it's been been running into a few trials as we've been in transition and stuff here. Uh, we had some remodeling work going on in our house, and, and the lead uh, contractor, the general contractor guy, he, he had some things going on in his world and, and with his wife, and he was in the hospital and in the emergency room and things like that, but he is kind of the key to our remodeling and to go from cots to beds, from plywood to carpet, things like this. Um, and, and so he did not show up... Uh, all week at, at our place there. And so we, we've kind of lived in transition longer. His other guys did, but we realized when the boss is not there, uh, the, what, the cat's away, the mice will play, however it goes. But uh, I think these guys were not as motivated as when the boss is there. And so a couple guys, one guy took a couple days off this week as well, just because he knew his boss wasn't there. Other guys were at work, but, you know, there's just some trials related to living out of suitcases and um, having you know, paint in your kitchen sink and bleaching the floors so that, you know, you don't catch anything or whatever. Um, but, you know, so that was going on. Um, some other things going on uh, as far as trials. And I said, again, I, I don't like to think about trials, but I thought, you know, this might apply to me. And I came away with some, you know, if there really were trials, which I, I came up with a list when I said, I, hey, I got a few trials going on. I'm qualified for this, this verse. Um, but it, it says you can rejoice when we run, run into trials and problems because it develops endurance. And endurance, when you're enduring and you're clinging to God's promises, even through trials, well, that develops character. It strengthens our character. And then your character, as you develop character, it says it's going to strengthen your confident hope of heaven. You know, when you're, when you're enduring, you're holding on to God's truth, God's promises through your trials, through my trials. Um, you, you can rejoice because you know it's going to going to make me more Christ-like, and it's going to strengthen my faith. I can be more confident about the hope of heaven that I have, and, and all of those sounded good to me, but I, as I started thinking about it, the, the trials became more aware. You know, some of you know that in the process of um, selling our house and moving, you know, um, we, we were blessed uh, to be able to sell in a really hot market, a re- really hot real estate market. We bought in a really low market, bought off a of foreclosure. But as a pastor over the years, um, you know, I think uh, generally what they ask you when you set your salary, when I left my software engineering job, pretty much from then on, the last 17, 18 years, the question has always been, how much money can you get by with here? Because uh, the church is paying you and you need to be able to get by. And um, generally, you know, you, you show this number out there, but it's not a, a number that thinks about things like, you know, savings and stuff like that. And, and as a pastor, I have... Um, uh, I will not get any social security when I retire and things like that. And so over the years, I've just been kind of trying and God's been providing for us. And um, so when the opportunity came up and we're, we're hoping to pioneer the south side of town. And, and because of that, we looked into selling our house. And, and through that, God blessed us with being able to sell uh, for a great price. And by the time the dust settles and we paid everyone that needs to be paid, we have a little money to remodel. We have a little money to use for some, what they call, I think they call it long-term savings, something like that. You've heard of that maybe. Um, but, you know, but, and that's a huge blessing. And there's a whole story that I'd love to share with you on, on that journey sometime here. But, um, but at the same time, within, within a month of receiving, you know, this, this blessing from selling our house, you know, things have been tight at the church here lately. Um, the, the budget's been tight, and um, I would say for the first time in 10 years, being a pastor fully provided from the church, this is the first time in 15 years that when payday came up, um, there was not enough money in the church's bank account for payday, for me and for Greg Miller. And... Uh, you know, that's a little bit of a trial. And on one hand, God has provided and, and he's provided us with the savings and we're not in a place where someone's going to come, you know, repo our car or our used minivan or um, that was given to us. Or, uh, you know, there's God has positioned me and, and Greg and the Millers there in a way that, you know, 
this, that's a trial, but there could be worse trials out there. And yet at the same time, there's a very real thing where we go, you know, it's, it's been really tight. And, and this got me thinking about, well, what promise have I been clinging to? And I was reminded of a promise just uh, even within the last week in the one-year Bible that... Um, See if I can get this next slide up here. This is a promise that earlier in the week when I knew, you know what? The, the funds don't look like they're colliding with the, the date needed for a paycheck here. And, and so I was like, Lord, um, I know this promise. You know, one thing that when you read the Bible every day, one of the traps you can fall into is that like, you know, if it's not in the Bible today, I can't apply it to my life. Like, I know where that promise is back there that I read a while, but I can't apply it today because I didn't read it today. Uh, or others have the promises from wherever, and nothing's showing up today because, you know, we're missing that element of it. But, but this was a promise I've claimed before. There's a place in Psalm 119 that says, uh, I love your, your word, your promises have been thoroughly tested. I've tested God with this promise many times. And so this week, I'm going, Lord... I know your name, um, the Lord, the Lord, the gracious and compassionate God, as he revealed to Moses back in uh, Exodus 34, that I'm, I can trust God, he's gracious, and he abounds in love, and uh, you've never forsaken those who seek you. Many times I've come into a situation where I go, Lord, here, this is a tough situation. There's a financial need, there's a, a need for a teaching, there's a need for something, and you've never forsaken me. And so this week, I was clinging to this promise. And, um, and so Wednesday, the 15th, usually payday, Wednesday came and, and went. And there was not enough money in our account to pay for payroll. And Thursday came and went. And Friday came and went. And Saturday, we're doing some crunching with the numbers. I'm talking with Dale on the phone there. But by my calculations, as I look at the account um, and things that have been deposited, there were a few deposits that came in later in the week. Um, some things get transferred electronically as well, but by my estimation, um, I could be wrong on this, but with the, the remnants of our savings that we had as a church, thousand bucks in our savings account that we just, you know, haven't had to mess with, even in, in the recent times, putting that into the equation, all the deposits and things, what we are left with after being able to do payroll was three dollars. And, uh, you know, which is, which is kind of cool. Um, and then I went back and I was looking through the checks. Some of the checks that were written that didn't show up till later in the books. Um, uh, nothing was post-dated past payday of July 15th. And when I look at our financial situation, some things that God's provided, we got a refund check from an escrow account and some different things where you go, you know what? We're able to cover our needs. We're able to buy food. We're, we're, we're not forsaken. God has proved faithful. Those who seek him have never been forsaken. And, and so it's been good just to reflect on it. But at the same time, uh, you know, I feel like there's some real trials going on in my life and, and in our church. And, and I want to share them with you. Sometimes it's the people that, you know, their, their paychecks are dependent on the finances. And we can feel that burden more than anybody else because some of you might have never even known that things were that tight. And I just want to share that with you. They are. They're, they're, it's kind of... Tight times, we understand that. We're trusting God. I'm clinging to this promise like Abraham did. I know God's able to fulfill. He's never forsaken anyone who's looked to him. And I don't feel forsaken even in this last week of having a delayed paycheck. And, and I'm also in the middle of this. We're thinking about the vision of our church. And we're wanting to launch two locations. And we feel as clear as anything that God has led us in this. And, and yet I come back to I was reminded of a promise that um, maybe I hadn't been freshly clinging to and claiming promises to claim to apply faith to but this one is from the beginning of the year as we're looking at two locations and how is this even possible lord and i felt like i came back to a promise to claim just like abraham's example here and it's this is what the lord of heaven's army says all this may seem impossible to you now a small remnant does launching another location and, and growing in fruitfulness seem impossible to anyone else here but me Raise your hand, all in favor, aye. Yeah, it seems fairly impossible for a small remnant of God's people. But is it impossible for me, says the Lord of heaven's army? I don't think so. I don't think it's impossible for God. I think God can do something beyond what we see right now, beyond the people that we see, beyond the finances that we see. And I know that God is able to keep his promises. And, 
And so I'm going to keep clinging to that one. And we're, as pastors, we're going to be meeting over the next couple weeks just to, um, you know, visit God's vision for our church in two locations. And uh, we're going to strategize about a stewardship campaign that we think is, is on the horizon here, inevitable. Um, but we also think that God would have good for us in this. But I encourage you guys to join us as we're seeking God and praying and claim promises as you read them for your life. You know, um, I, I know Tim Cavanaugh has shared this before, but uh, sometimes we all bring our trials to the table and they're different sorts. Some are financial and some are health related and some are employment related and, and we all bring them to the table. But he often says, you know, at the end of the day, most of us are pretty happy to take our trials back with us, you know, and uh, isn't that the truth? I've got some trials that I've run into, but I'm going to claim God's promises. I'm going to follow Abraham's example here. You might have some, I encourage you, you could even rejoice in these trials because you're going to have some endurance built up and it's going to build your character and that's going to build your confidence of the hope of heaven, which is on its way. And so uh, anyways, I just wanted to share this with you, some of my uh, applying God's word to my life and encourage you, if, if you're not reading the Bible daily, please start. And if you are reading the Bible daily, please look to apply it to your life in a way that will transform you. And, uh, and then we'll trust that God has some great plans ahead of us here, which I believe he does. But anyways, we want to just share that. We can be seeking God together as a church, but also seeking him just in your own life and your own walk here. So let's close with prayer. Lord Jesus, we do uh, just thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you that you have a plan for our lives. You have a plan for our church. Thank you that things that look impossible to men are, are not impossible to you. God, limited resources um, are, are not something that prohibits you, Lord. Not, they're not something that scares you. Um, but God, I just pray you'd help, help each one of us just to be um, claiming your promises, believing that you're able to keep your word. God, I pray if we have situations in our lives where we don't have a promise, that we would open up our Bible and we'd ask you, Lord, give me a promise for this situation. Um, God, I pray that you would just be transforming each one of us daily as we read your word. Help us to be shown and proved to be your true disciples because we continue in your word. We carry it out. We live by it. Um, Lord, I pray that would just be a hallmark of this church. And again, we thank you for this morning. We thank you uh, just for your, your goodness, your grace, your power. Your ability, Lord, you are able to keep all your promises easily. And we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.